بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم This is the revision of this booklet which we commenced yesterday titled four actions to acquire the friendship of Allah Ta'ala by Hazrat Wala Hazrat Mawla Shahki Muhammad Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullah Alayhi As mentioned yesterday these are very simple prescriptions but very deep and it goes to the core of one's islah Hazrat had compiled this to the latter part of his life and claimed that this is the experience of his 70 years or whatever period of time had passed at that time that a person who acquires these four things inshallah the path to his Islam is open some of this was discussed yesterday <coughs> so the third action the third action is protecting the gaze in this time and age there is a great neglect in this regard many people do not even regard the casting of lustful glances as a sin whereas Allah Ta'ala has given the command of protecting the gaze in the Quran Kareem Allah Ta'ala says قُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَغُضُّوا مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ Say O Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to the believers that they should lower their gazes this refers to not looking at non-mahram women likewise they should not gaze at beardless youth in fact even if a youngster's beard has grown to some extent but one will still find the heart somewhat inclined toward him then to look at him is haram the crux of the matter is that any such face which one derives haram pleasure from gazing at it is haram to look at such a face the protection of the gaze is such an important aspect that Allah Ta'ala has separately commanded the women to also guard their gazes Allah Ta'ala says يَغْضُدُنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِنْ that say to the believing woman that they too should lower their gazes this aspect is unlike the commands of salah, fasting and other injunctions wherein the women have not been given an independent command rather the males have been addressed and the women have been included in these commands on the basis of being subservient to them this is something that is understood by a person who is familiar with the Arabic language that the gender male gender and the feminine gender are addressed differently in the Arabic language the word used is a variation so in the Quran Sharif it's the male gender that is used throughout in all the various commands but in that command all are included though the word used is for the male gender all are included but in this particular aspect when it comes to commanding giving the command of lowering the gaze Allah Ta'ala first addresses the men is instructed say to the believing men that they must lower their gazes and then the next ayat separately that say to the believing woman that this applies to them as well so this highlights the importance that other places the command has been given in one gender the male gender and all are meant all are included but with this particular aspect separately the command is being given to men separate, separately to women 
in the narration of bukhari sharif it is reported that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said zinal ayni annawar casting of lustful glances is the fornication of the eyes zinal ayni annawar casting of lustful glances is the fornication of the eyes one who casts lustful glances as and is indulging in fornication cannot even dream of becoming a wali of allah taala unless he sincerely repents from this evil in another narration rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is reported to have said la'anallahu an-nadhira wal manzura ilayhi may the curse of allah taala be upon the one who casts lustful glances as well as the one who emerges in such a manner that lustful glances are cast at her in other words due to not having taken care and not having adopted parda in its proper manner due to which now the lustful glances of others are now being uh, one is becoming the target of that so the lanat of allah taala is upon both that person who is looking and casting that lustful glance and that woman upon whom that lustful glance is been directed because she also has been responsible for this in this hadith rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has cursed both the person who casts lustful glances as well as the one who is gazed at you do not adopting proper parda those who fear the curse of the saints and pious people should fear the curse of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam since piety is acquired in becoming true slaves of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is a very common aspect that people are very very afraid of the curses of others now sometimes this is real this is something very important but this is only really applicable if that curse is based on something that is valid or sometimes people become very perturbed if they were cursed by for example these are all unfortunately tragically real situations and very common it's not something isolated so that's why it's being discussed in this manner these are unfortunately common issues now somebody is trying to do something what is right is trying to do what is required in sharia but perhaps that might not be something that is generally practiced in the family circle is not something generally adhered to for example the segregation between males and females now there's just general intermingling and nobody takes real care about any segregation now somebody comes to the realization that this is not on this is wrong this is a sin this must be changed so now we decide that i am not going to be part of this kind of intermingling so when the person has decided he's not going to be part of that intermingling he's not going to just be casually interacting with his sister in law or he's not going to be interacting with some cousins etc so now suddenly this became a very big problem now because this is going against the grain against the norm of that society against the norm of the family so first sometimes people try to explain to him you know this person something is not right with him now to explain to him now that's the irony of it when somebody tries to do something right 
often some people think something is not right with him whereas something has come right with him now so now first they try to explain to him in big inverted commas explain but then when that doesn't work then now these kind of threats like lanat will fall on you parents are sometimes invoking this kind of curses which is a very tragic thing that number one we have been forbidden from just cursing anybody this is something has been very clearly explained in the hadith sharif and sometimes people who are accustomed to this they just keep cursing sometimes it's their own curse that brings their downfall that curse sometimes becomes applicable they curse their own children they curse themselves they curse things around them and then when the destruction comes now they cry over it but they with themselves the reason for their own destruction so this is very dangerous but then the other aspect to bear in mind is that it mentioned in the hadith sharif when a person curses somebody so that curse it first goes towards the person but if that person is not deserving of this curse especially in the matter where somebody is trying to do something correct so where is that person going to be this curse is going to be applicable to him he's going to be deserving of it so when that doesn't happen that the person is not deserving of it so that curse does not fall on him then the curse goes towards upwards towards heaven but finds the doors closed then it goes in different direction the doors are closed it eventually comes back onto the person who invoked the curse so the end result of it became that the person cursed himself because that's where the curse finally ends up because it finds everything else doors close to it every other direction the person who was addressed that person is not deserving so it doesn't go there it can't find a place anywhere else it eventually comes back on the person who cursed the person who invoked the curse so the sum total of it was that he cursed himself now he cursed himself and if that especially was a moment when duas were accepted then that destruction comes on the person now things start falling apart and now he's trying to scratch our heads where it came from it came from our own doing so now this starts off now this kind of uh, things people now become now on the one side this is totally wrong but on the other side the person now who was determined to do what is right he starts becoming shaky now the parents curse is going to fall on me so and so's curse will fall on me to start off with these curses don't fall curses of people against somebody who is doing something right because he is doing something right they want to curse him so we must be very clear in our hearts and minds about this such curses don't fall such curses do not become uh, applicable to us in any way so that must never ever deter a person now this is the aspect that is being used here that many of us we have this concern and especially in where there isn't this kind of situation we should be concerned that the baddua of parents baddua of seniors of some saintly person this must not fall this must not we must not uh, do something that invites such a thing that's definitely important but if a person is concerned about this that he must not become the victim of the curse of his parents of his seniors of some saintly person etc 
then what about the curse of Rasulullah How much we should be concerned about that? And here in this Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam is saying, May the curse of Allah be upon the one who casts lustful glances and that person who was looked at in this manner because of not having taken the proper care of parda etc. So this is a very very serious matter. It's not something just many a person is on the, under the misconception that this is part of the minor sins. So therefore it's not something serious. It's very very serious. It's not something by the way the fact that this is something that invites the curse of Rasulullah how can that be a minor thing? And where does this curse fall? It falls first onto the heart. That the heart, the goodness of the heart gets killed. The inclinations of the heart change. The heart starts becoming disinclined towards righteousness. It starts becoming deeply inclined towards evil. Now first the person was just looking around on the streets etc. Now he wants to see something more intense. So now from there he is now going from side to side. And then that too doesn't become enough for him. Then because that lanat now is even more severe. So first it was just one degree of lanat and one degree of curse that was landing on him. Now when he got deeper into the sun, so now this is more intense. So now the heart becomes disfigured, spiritual heart becomes disfigured. Imagine Allah forbid, Allah save us, that before Qiyamah this will happen, that faces will become disfigured because of sin. Now that is something that just merely the thought of it is so frightening that nobody wants to even try to imagine such a thing, that a person's face becoming completely disfigured. Mentioned in one Hadith Sharif, people will spend the night in music and dancing and various other vices. In the morning they will wake up as apes and swine. This will happen before Qiyamah. This is something specifically mentioned in the Hadith Sharif. Now that's something we can't even bring ourselves to think about it because it's so, so, so frightening. Now this is something that happens to the spiritual heart. That when a person starts indulging in these things repeatedly, doesn't make toba, doesn't turn to Allah Ta'ala, doesn't wash away that sin with the tears of repentance. Because that is what washes, everything has something to wash it. Person's clothing gets soiled, so then there's some soap and water. There's the wall got soiled with something, then there's some detergents for it. Everything's got something. What is the detergent of the heart? It is the tears of remorse and regret. The tears of sincere remorse and regret. Deep regret from the heart. And those tears that come out in the fear of Allah wa ta'ala, that washes the heart clean. So now that too is not happening. The toba is not taking place. And the person now, one thing to the other, that spiritual heart becomes disfigured. Now when it becomes disfigured, masq, now there's no inclination towards righteousness. Salah becomes a very great burden if it happens. And any other amal, tilawat of the Quran Sharif, zikr, tasbihat, dua, these things become very burdensome and it will be very difficult to get to do any of these amal. Days will go, weeks will go and it will be very difficult to even recite just some tasbihat sometimes. Person will find 
no difficulty in reading things, social media, whatever else, hours will go past. Novels, a person will say that whole night came out. A person will confess and meaning asking now finally some realization came. He says, I read a novel, sometimes I start off in the night, the morning came away. Morning came away, the whole night went, but ask the person to read one, forget one para of the Quran Sharif, one page of the Quran Sharif. Becomes like an impossibility. Read one page of the Quran Sharif before going to bed, too difficult. Let alone read one page of the Quran Sharif, even just reciting the Masnoon Du'as, that too just doesn't come to mind. Person falls asleep without even having recited the Kalima. How, how does this become the situation? What effort it takes to just take Allah Ta'ala's name before sleeping? But it's something that happened inside. Something that happened inside that transformed and disfigured that heart. And now that whole inclination, everything towards righteousness dies off. Then the only thing is sin and that Hadith Sharif that we discussed last night, Illa ma ushriba min hawa, just chasing after haram desires. So, this is the aspect where it starts off. Now, often, a person sometimes is asking that question also, I don't know what happened to me. It's a very common thing. I don't know what happened. But the truth is, بَلِ الْإِنسَانُ عَلَىٰ نَفْسِهِ بَصِيرًا وَلَوْ أَلْقَى مَعَاذِيرًا The Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala very clearly spells it out to us. The sum total of this, the crux of it is, insan knows himself very well. He knows himself very well, even though he will make excuses for himself. وَلَوْ أَلْقَى مَعَاذِيرًا He'll have excuses. But he fully knows what's his problem. Now, he knows what he was looking around at. He knows how he was looking after his gaze. He knows what he was indulging his heart into. He said, I don't know what happened, but you know, my salah was carrying on punctually. And I was always there for you know, Fajr Salah as well. And I was reading Quran Sharif daily. And everything was going so well. I don't know what happened. Meanwhile, if we just think little bit, we'll know what happened. We know where it started off from. We know what we were misusing. We know what we were looking at. We know everything. But it's just that, we didn't see how that, what we got involved in and what we lost out on, how the both are directly linked. That link only, we're not seeing it, but we know it. Now this is what becomes the end result and this is where it starts off from. So now when this becomes a situation that a person is misusing his gaze, then the eye and the heart are directly linked. In the Quran Sharif, there are so many places with three limbs, three organs are mentioned only. And in several places, Allah Ta'ala mentions about insan, Allahu akhrajakum min butuni ummahatikum la ta'alamuna shay'a. Allah Ta'ala brought you out from the bellies of your mothers in a condition that you knew nothing. The child is born the child doesn't have a dot of knowledge of anything. Knows nothing. Then as the child grows up, now, barely still some, maybe not even a year old, and much younger than that in fact, the child can already start distinguishing some things. Can start already recognizing faces. This is somebody who is my this is my mother, or this is my father, or somebody I know, and this is somebody I don't know. Starts recognizing voices, 
some voice the child reacts to in a certain way and some child, some voice the child might react in a, maybe out of some fear starts recognizing things. So now it happened from Allah Ta'ala says وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفْئِدَةَ Allah Ta'ala granted you hearing, granted you sight and granted you a heart. Now these are the three things mentioned. Hearing, sight and the heart. This is the, these are the tools of knowledge. If somebody is born deaf, Allah forbid, that person won't learn to speak also because he learns to speak out of listening so the tongue is also a very important and a very crucial limb to look after but the protection of the tongue also is dependent on the protection of the gaze and the, and the hearing because it's the gaze and the hearing that impact on the heart what gets recorded on the heart comes on the tongue the tongue doesn't speak of its own that it just, tongue doesn't pick up anything from outside. The tongue speaks what came inside. And how it comes inside? It comes through the pathways of the eyes and the ears. So now what a person sees, what he hears, that is what registers on the heart. So Allah is highlighting this, that gaze and the hearing. And then in between, وَجَعَلَ لَكُمُ السَّمْعَ وَالْأَبْصَارَ وَالْأَفِدَى There are other places in the Quran Sharif also this is mentioned. And then towards the end of things, in sam'a wal basara wal fu'ad, kullu ula'ika kana anhu mas'ula. That remember, this is where it started off from. So remember at the end of the whole equation, when the time will come to give an account, Allah is reminding us from day one. That remember your hearing, your sight and your heart, you gonna have to give an account for all this. So these are the primary things to look after. The gaze, and the hearing and if this is looked after then the heart will be very easy to look after but if the gaze is not protected and the hearing is not protected person is sitting in gatherings and listening to obscene talk is listening to all filthy discussions his heart is not going to be able to avoid the impact of it because the heart this is a direct highway these are super highways the most the fastest freeways directly to the heart person sees something and in an instant it has impacted on his heart he hears something and in an instant it has impacted on his heart there is no long windy route to it it's an instant route so now he is listening to something listening to evil talk his heart is going to take effect from it he's seeing something wrong his heart is going to take effect from it now one is that a person then realized that something has happened and he immediately made amends, he made toba, he made istighfar, he washed that effect off with sincere repentance, alhamdulillah. But if not, so now that one level of darkness has already set in, then another level of darkness, and then the third, as he continues, the heart gets engulfed in that darkness. So now this is the direct pathways to the heart, the hearing and the sight. Now, a person doesn't look after this, then this is the prescription to destruction. And this is why there's so much of emphasis. This was his theme. In every talk, barely any discussion, any bayan, if there was a bayan in the morning and something in the afternoon and something in the evening, especially now when there used to be 
when there used to be journeys and travels, I used to come to South Africa, wherever else you used to go. So now there would be some bayan after Fajr and something after Zuhar sometimes, and something in the, some other part of the day, something at night, when he was well, healthy. So he would be repeatedly now giving some bayan. Rarely in any bayan this would not come as a subject. Some discussion of it would come. And therefore, some had even declared some great personalities of the time that he is mujaddide ghadde basar that this aspect of ghadde basar of lowering the gaze from haram it was always mentioned, it was discussed by the ulama kiram the mashayikh but in the manner that it was brought alive in the ummah that Hazrat Alhamdulillah did it this was not done in such a intense manner for a long time and he revived the reality of this the importance of it so this was due to others, you see in fact say as well that sometimes people object to this that do you have no other subject to talk about he says when there's a now in our situation this is a very apt example that there is a pandemic of some sort around and somebody says I am going to be dispensing flu medication people want something that is going to help them in that virus he says no that I that is not something I am too concerned about I am concerned about people who are suffering from a small cold or something. So I will be helping with that medication. He says, by if nobody gets that cold medication, they'll come right on their own. They'll do something, they'll eat some food or something that will come right. This is what they need now. He says, this is the pandemic of the time. Others use the word cholera. That cholera is now also something that becomes widespread sometimes. So he says, this is the cholera that has spread. In our situation, this is the pandemic. And indeed, what a pandemic and what a tragedy that these halat and conditions, these conditions, one is to just be looking for scientific reasonings. To be looking for scientific reasonings that now the scientists have said this is what way something has now happened here, this is how it started off there, and this is where science finishes off. Science finishes off at some point where that this is where it perhaps started off from. But now, what made it start from there? What made it start from there? So where is the answer to that? One person came, one Sahabi came to Rasulullah a Bedouin, and he came and said that we noticed something, that sometimes we have a herd of camels, and that herd of camels, their skin is like deer. The deer, buck, very, very attractive skin, very shiny. So now he's comparing camel skin. Camel, camel is has a very different, the structure of the skin is very different. So he can't resemble that. But now what is this, this resemblance is meant to say very healthy. Extremely healthy. You see it and you admire that this is such a healthy animal. So now that is how that skin is. Now something happens that one camel comes suddenly and joins the herd but that camel that came and joined the herd that camel had a skin disease it had some kind of skin disease it was maybe like we have a rabies in some animals and so on so now it affects the skin so now this came and joined the herd and then in a short while we see this whole herd now all the animals were so healthy and suddenly all became that same disease all came onto them. So now he said this much, he's asking the question, now what happened here? In other words, he's 
simple issue that he's saying that now it seems like this animal that came and joined the herd which was sick this came and infected all the rest so the one question the Rasulullah asked him that now what you are expressing here is that this first animal this became the reason that this spread from the first to the second the second to the third basically this became contagious so the question is فَمَنْ أَعْدَ الْأَوَّلَ the words of the Hadith Sharif فَمَنْ أَعْدَ الْأَوَّلَ who brought the contagion on the first animal where it picked it up from there was a starting point so where the starting point was it just happened out of nothing so we forget Allah Ta'ala in the equation we forget Allah Ta'ala that the doer is Allah alone yes if a person is taking some precautions of some sort provided that is within the limits of Sharia fine nobody is going to object to that but we don't forget Allah Ta'ala now this is where science goes and stops and fails it only can see certain things that it can work out but there's a hidden hand behind all this and that is the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala that we forget about and that we fail to focus on so this is the same aspect here that when a person starts doing something where is the starting point? the starting point is something that has happened and as a result Allah Ta'ala's Rahmat is then we become deprived of it so what we are discussing was nevertheless something was being discussed mine went away somewhere else what we were from the discussion here was the aspect of looking after the gaze that this is a very very important fundamental aspect this, is, this has a direct impact on the heart and to the extent a person will protect his gaze protect his hearing to that extent his heart will be safe the heart is after all king the heart will be safe and the rest of the body will be safe as well in terms of what actions it does so this was the part that we had discussed last that Rasulullah his curse falls upon the person who casts lustful glances Rasulullah writes that those who fear the curse of the saints and pious people should fear the curse of Rasulullah since piety is acquired in becoming true slaves of Rasulullah therefore if an accidental gaze falls upon a beautiful face shift the gaze immediately do not allow the gaze to remain on that face even for one moment it is clearly understood from the ayat of the Quran Sharif and the ahadith of Rasulullah that the one who casts lustful glances has been given the following three evil titles titles in inverted commas number one the one who is disobedient to Allah Ta'ala and is Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam two fornicator of the eyes three accursed if one is addressed with any of these so called titles one will be extremely hurt and offended thus if one wishes to remain safe from these titles it is necessary to guard the gaze. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq inshallah will continue.
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد This is also from the discourses and the writings of Hazrat Maha Shaki Mahat Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullahi Kitab titled Khazayna Ma'rifat wa Muhabbat The Treasures of Ma'rifat and Muhabbat Recognition of Allah Ta'ala and the Love of Allah Ta'ala So these are various excerpts from different talks and different kitabs of Hazrat Rahmatullahi The title that has been given to this excerpt is Rusukh-e-Iman ki Alamat This is a sign of a person's Iman becoming well established and becoming very firm and strong. What is the sign of this? Hazrat writes and says, جب آدمی کے دل میں ایمان راسق ہو جاتا ہے تو نافرمانیوں سے دل کراہت ہو جاتی ہے چاہے اس نافرمانی میں دنیا کا کتنا ہی برا نفع کیوں نہ نظر آئے آ رہا ہو That when a person's Iman has become very well established, very firm, very strong What will be the effect of this? That he then starts disliking sin. There's an aversion that comes into his heart for any disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. Regardless of how great there might be some worldly benefit in it. There might be some tremendously great worldly benefit. But despite that, he will have an aversion for this in his heart. Sahaba ko Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam ki sohbat بلکہ ایک نظر کی بدولت یہی چیز تو حاصل ہو گئی تھی ایمان ایمان کو تمہاری دلوں تمہاری طرف محبوب کر دیا مزین کر دیا اور ناگوار کر دیا تمہاری طرف کفر کو فسق کو اور اسیان کو یعنی تمام گناہوں کو اللہ تعالیٰ سپیکس اباؤٹ دا صحابہ کرام ان دا قرآن شریف بکاز دے آئی دی کمپنی آف رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم دیر ایمان بکیم سچ اللہ تعالیٰ سید اللہ تعالیٰ میڈ ایمان بلوڈ ٹو یو اینڈ ان یور ہارٹس and made kufr and all disobedience very disliked and something very very hated to you so this became the condition of their hearts that there was an aversion for sin this is a sign of iman of strong iman now this is the goal this is what we need to keep working towards and till this hasn't been achieved this is nafse mutmainna نفس مطمئنہ when that has been achieved this becomes the condition of the heart so sometimes a person starts becoming complacent that I'm performing my salah I'm doing the other amal I'm staying away from sin alhamdulillah that's tremendously great but we're still far away from the destination till this hasn't been achieved the person is still in a very dangerous position don't know when something can blow the person over So this is alhamdulillah very great that despite there being temptation and inclination towards sin but a person is resisting that that too is a great ibadat it is a great mujahada a very great ibadat that is itself the root which he progresses with that he constantly makes that mujahada which then finally brings him to the position of nafse mutmainna 
that is not something to be perturbed about that why is this inclination towards some wrong being felt that's part of insan's nature initially until he has made such an effort upon himself by repeatedly making that mujahada against those temptations against those inclinations and trampling that nafs which finally brings it to the point of nafs mutmainna that's not something to now become perturbed about but it's not something to ever become complacent about either that well this is part of life so carry on it's something to be very concerned that I must not retrogress I must keep making this mujahada so this is what has been described about the sahaba this highlights that what is the condition of very strong iman that there is an aversion for sin in the heart then isi mazmoon ko batore dua manga karo ki Allah apne nabi aur ek laak sahaba ke sadqa mein apne nabi ki ek adna ghulam ke dil mein bhi iman ko mahboob aur muzayyan farma dijiye aur kufr wa fusuq aur isyan ko makroo farma dijiye this is in the light of this ayat this is the the subject matter of a dua that we should make this is the subject of the dua the dua that ya Allah the barakat of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the sahaba ikram ya Allah this very very lowly slave of yours you grant him also this condition of the heart that all kinds of sin disobedience becomes very hated to him and iman becomes very beloved to him کراہت کے معنی ناگواری کے ہے جیسے کسی گندی چیز سے طبعی کراہت ہوتی ہے ایسے ہی گناہ سے ہونی چاہیے that what is the meaning of this hate towards sin a person is walking somewhere and he suddenly sees some filth lying there some mess he feels a natural aversion he looks in the opposite direction he feels disturbed he doesn't feel good even passing there that is what is meant by this dislike for sin that just as he has this natural aversion for some dirt and filth and mess likewise this becomes the condition of his heart when any sin is confronted kufr wa fusuq ki koi baat dil ko na baani chahiye any aspect of sin of kufr this should not be something that the heart finds any inclination towards but as mentioned that this is the destination this is the goal and then there is a maintenance of that all the time so while a person is on the journey he is making that mujahada that too is very great he is finding the inclination but he is not giving in to it he is suppressing it he is trampling it that too is tremendously great that is the road that is the journey which will take him to this destination so that must continue گناہ کی پر فریب لذت کی مثال ویری اٹریکٹو ڈیسیپشن آف سن واٹ از ایگزامپل آف اٹ دا ڈیسیپشن آف سن سن اٹ ڈیسیو اے پرسن اٹ ڈیسیو اے پرسن ان اے ویری اٹریکٹو مینر واٹ از ایگزامپل آف دس اس گناہ کی لذت سے پناہ مانگو اس لذت سے اللہ تعالیٰ محفوظ فرمائے that seek the protection of Allah Ta'ala from the pleasure of sin there is a deception it appears to be pleasure seek Allah Ta'ala's protection from this 
that Allah Ta'ala protect us from this kind of deception. Gunahon mein ek lazzat rakh di hai. Is lazzat par mat jana. There is some very very superficial enjoyment in sin. There is some superficial enjoyment in sin. This is the test of dunya. But don't ever fall into this. Do minute ki lazzat hai. Uske baad taklif hi taklif hai. It's a very temporary two minute enjoyment. And then uh, sometimes lifelong of misery and hardship. If it's not days and sometimes months and years of misery, becomes a lifelong of misery sometimes. Jaysay pahane ki kori par barsat mein sabsa jam jata hai. Jo dekhne mein bara khush numa malum hota hai. Jaysay chaman khila hua, jaysay chaman khila hua ho. Lekin chaman upar hi upar ka hai. Isne pehle is pahane ko nahi dekha, wo uske dhoke mein a jayega. In many places, rural areas, etc. So they use this dung for various things. So sometimes the dung is all taken and heaped on some corner. Because now it will be used for fuel, whatever the case is. So now that heap of dung. Now when it rains. So now because this is very fertile in a way. That's why it uses fertilizer as well. So now suddenly, because it rained on it. In the next day or two, the whole thing suddenly it's just covered by grass. Now a person who didn't see that dung under it beforehand, from a distance to him it appears like some very lush garden. But the person who knows what's under it, he knows it's just dung here. Now the person who doesn't know it, he gets attracted by that lush garden. But that garden is just on the surface. That so-called garden and that lush grass is just on the surface. But as soon as he's just going to try and get one step into that, he's going to fall beneath the surface. And he's going to be just in that mess all the time. So this is that example of the attraction of sun. That the surface is very attractive, but it's a very deceptive attraction. Because it's deceiving one of what's beneath the surface. Beneath the surface is disaster. So one must not get caught up in this deception of sin, otherwise he's going to fall into that disaster. Bas guna bhi dekhne mein aise hi khubsurat malum hote hai. Aur unki lazzat bhi itni hi der ki hai. Sin also, from the outside, it looks very attractive in a similar manner. But the enjoyment of sin is also just on that surface. Just the person has looked up to that grass, and that's it where it is. But beyond that, it's that disaster. بعد میں اللہ کے قہر و غضب کے سوا کچھ نہیں مل سکتا but once he falls into it apart from the anger and the wrath of Allah تعالیٰ there is nothing else he gained out of it شیطان گناہوں کی لذتوں کو خوبصورت کر کے دکھاتا ہے وہ چاہتا ہے کہ تم اللہ کے راستے پر نہ چلو لیکن اللہ اور اس کا رسول کیا فرماتے ہیں انہوں نے پہلے سے خبردار کر دیا کہ شیطان تمہارا کھلا ہوا دشمن ہے اور ہم تمہارے دوست ہیں دشمن کے کہنے سے دوست کا پیمان مت تورو so this is what shaitan does shaitan adorns sin something that might not be in reality is so attractive also shaitan puts that glitter in the eyes and makes it look better than it really is even what the surface is shaitan adorns that as well when a person gets too close sometimes then he realizes this wasn't what I thought it was So shaitan makes it look very attractive. 
From the outside, everything looks very attractive. And shaitan adorns it even more. But the whole idea shaitan has and the trap of shaitan is that a person now will not follow what Allah Ta'ala has commanded. So, as it says that Allah Ta'ala has already spelled this out for us that look, shaitan is your open enemy. Allah Ta'ala is our friend. So don't break the commitment of your friend that you have not, that pledge you have made to your friend for the sake of what your enemy is telling you. That enemy is only going to be deceiving one to try and cause his downfall. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Subhanallah, bihamdihi, subhanallah, bihamdihi, ashadu Allah, ilaha illa,